Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, first question. It's week 12. Where on earth has the time gone here? Ah, man. I am really disappointed that it's week 12, for being perfectly honest. Um, It's going so fast here. It's going so Yeah, I mean, it's going real fast. It's really disappointing. Um, We're much closer now to the offseason than we were in early September. And I know that seems like a really obvious and stupid statement, but it's like kind of bothering me. Yeah. Time's flown by. Um, It's crazy how quickly this has gone. It's been a whirlwind of a fall. Um, Probably not slowed down at all by the fact that the ACC has been pretty bonkers for most of the year. Weird year. Super. Yeah. Weird year. And, And we say that for the ACC, but I think it's been a weird year in general in college football. So that's a uh, that's that's part of I think what's causing all this. But anyways, Mike, we got week twelve games uh, last weekend of the year before rivalry weekend of uh, Thanksgiving weekend. So got a a few games where we're trying to get some things settled here. Pittsburgh trying to settle the uh, coastal division. Virginia trying not to let them settle it. Florida State trying to settle the score with Boston College from last year. But Mike, we got uh, the, the biggest game of the weekend at two thirty p.m. on NBC. The number 12 Syracuse Orange taking on the number three Notre Dame Fighting Irish at Yankee Stadium in New York City. The Irish are a 10-point favorite, and they are wearing some god-awful uniforms. And I don't know who okayed this, but somehow they've, they've decided to kind of bastardize the Notre Dame and Yankee uniforms with, like, some script Yankee stuff and some pinstripes on the pants. and Bastardize. Nice. That's putting it nicely, I think. I mean, the whole thing is a disaster. I, I don't know who authorized that. I, frankly, at this point, Notre Dame, you deserve anything that comes to you. Syracuse, oh, beat that careful. ass. Beat that ass, Syracuse. Careful. Jesus. Relax. Um, I'm fired up, Mike. I'm ready to roll. I was about to say, I don't actually mind the jerseys that much. The helmet's really bothering me, though. Mm-hmm. The helmet really bothers me. Um, yeah, it's bad. Now, with that being said, I don't know what kind of helmet would be better. <laughs> Like you're not wearing the gold helmet with those uniforms, right? Um, you're not wearing like, I mean, they got these Shamrock series helmets from, you know, a while back where they got the gold with the freaking green Shamrock, and it's like, you know, it looks like a plastic toy helmet thing, like not a real helmet. And they had those going for a while. Um, I don't know what would make this better. Uh, there's no good helmet that would go with this uniform. The one that they have is matte black with 
an ND logo on a pinstripe sticker on the side of the helmet, which I don't really get that at all. Um, anyway, Notre Dame does not have, does not deserve anything that's coming to them because of the jerseys they're wearing. You take that back. <laughs> you shut your whore mouth. Um, I mean, look, they, they wore the green jerseys last week, and I'm typically a fan of the Notre Dame green jerseys. These were bad green jerseys, Mike. No, that was Oregon green. I was not They're a like fan lime of green. It was yeah. bad. It was like, oh, good. The Ducks are on the field. Great. <laughs> uh, where's Willie Taggart? Oh, whoops. Uh, whoops. Yeah. Shade. That, yeah. Yeah. Uh, his team didn't show up either, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. The, uh, yeah, I was not a fan of those green jerseys, but I am a fan of the green jerseys, like the normal ones, and those were not them. So Notre Dame is going with an interesting uniform combination for the second weekend in a row. Um, Joey, Syracuse is number 12 in the college football rankings. Hmm. Uh, playoff how do, we, playoff how do we feel about that, Mike? I think they're too high. Yeah, I think that, that's, a, that's a bit of a... Uh... I'm going to use some harsh language here, Mike, but that is, I think, a little bit of a fraudulent number 12. Wow, that's wow. strong language. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing I want to bring to your attention here, and we had, I was tweeting about it, we had some correspondence back and forth, you and I, but we also had some people tweeting at us, and uh, a lot of comments were fair. Some of them were not, but there was one in particular that said, okay, well, who is good? And this is a conversation you and I have had on this podcast. Who is good outside of like the top 10 or the top seven? Like who's actually good, right? And it's a fair statement, right? But the one comment that we got on social media from Tim Thomas, a guy who I actually do the radio with in Blacksburg, uh, he said, well, you know, after 12, right, There, there's – a whole list of teams from like 12 to 17. They could all make the argument for number 12. Isn't Syracuse the best one out of those like four or five teams in that group? And I, I had to pause. I'm not sure what the real answer of that is. I mean, I'm, I'm not so sure, frankly. And, and I put up a tweet on Tuesday and I thought it was going to generate a lot more controversy than it did, but it's, you got Syracuse at 12. You've got them ranked against the following teams, Mike. You get Syracuse ranked ahead of Florida, Penn State, Texas, Iowa State, Kentucky, Washington, Utah, Boston College, Mississippi State. I could make a very easy argument that despite the fact that Syracuse is 8 and 2, they should not be ranked above any of those teams. Syracuse is like I'm I'm okay calling them a top 25 team. I'm not okay calling them a top 15 team. Like the the track record there for Syracuse is just not sufficient to call them that. At the end of the day, I mean, we've said that their best win is a home win against NC State. And then after that, I guess it's a home win against Florida State. And I mean, that that's that's how far you start dropping off. They've got wins against Louisville, Wake Forest, NC State, North Carolina, Yukon, Florida State, Wagner, and Western Michigan. I mean, Florida State is legitimately their second best win of their eight. And that's like that's a Florida State team that's not going to be bowl eligible this year. So at that point, how is this team number twelve in the country? And now Syracuse put it this way: they're they they totally have the opportunity to prove this ranking and to prove themselves. Last two games: Notre Dame at a neutral site at Boston College. 
win one or both of those, I feel a hell of a lot better about 12 than I do right now where their best win is NC State. Next best one is what? Florida State? Yep. Like at this point, I think NC State's the only bowl eligible team they've beaten. Think about that. <laughs> do, you think they're, do you think they're only number 12 because they have two losses and teams behind them have three? Like, is that the reasoning we're using? I, yeah, I think people are looking at the record saying eight and two. Wow. They might be the second best eight and two country team in the country. You know, LSU's eight and two, and they're probably better. But other than that, probably Syracuse. Like, really? Is that it? I, it's not, I mean, it's not a very deep argument in my mind. Right. Well, I, I mean, I agree with you. I don't think they should be number twelve. Um, but I don't really have a, a a great argument for the teams behind them either. Like, I guess Florida, um, Kentucky looks fraudulent. Mississippi State, like, just got good the last three weeks, um, and, and they just lost a tough game to Alabama last Saturday, but they just got, like, recently good. They were struggling for a while. Like, a lot of these teams that are in that neighborhood, uh, you said Washington. I don't have the rankings in front of me. Washington, Penn State. I mean, Penn State's been up and down all year. It's just, I don't know... I just don't know, right? Like I've had this mm-hmm. issue with the ACC all year, but then I look at college football and I just don't know how good Penn State is. I don't know how good Washington is. I have a pretty good handle on Florida. I watched that Florida South Carolina game and like Florida fell behind for a while and then Felipe Franks like led them back somehow. <laughs> I mean, it was I don't know, Joey. It's been that kind of college football season, and maybe the committee doesn't know either, but I think for now, the reason why Syracuse is number 12 and these other teams aren't is because Syracuse only has two losses. I think that's the criteria right now. Plus, their offense is exciting, and they score 50 points a game. I'm not saying that this is like a good way to do it. I'm just saying that's my rationale for why they're number 12. With all of that being said, back to the game this Saturday. Oh, yeah, this game. Yeah, this game um, against Notre Dame, who probably – deserves their number three ranking from what I've seen with Ian book. Um, I like Notre Dame here large and that's unpopular because a lot of people are saying, okay, well, Sarah and, and rightfully so Syracuse's offense are scoring on everybody. Notre Dame's defense is going to have a rough time. Syracuse put up a fight against Clemson, all that really good stuff. Notre Dame's got a really good front seven. This is the best front seven Syracuse has faced since they played Clemson. Um, Notre Dame's front seven, I think, can wreak havoc against that offensive line. Uh, I think Syracuse's offense will score, but I think that there will be it, it. The path for Syracuse scoring is much more difficult, in my opinion, than the path for Notre Dame to put up points in this football game. And at the end of the day, I think that's enough. I think Notre Dame can score on Syracuse's defense more than Syracuse can score on Notre Dame's defense, and that's why I like Notre Dame here. I think they cover 10 and 10's a big number. I think they are going to be able to cover 10. Syracuse has not played a team like Notre Dame. I'd argue actually all year because the team they played um, against in death Valley when they played Clemson really without Trevor Lawrence, the entire game, Kelly Bryant was no longer on the roster. He had, he had announced that he was going to transfer a handful of days before that. Um, and, And they were facing off against, Clemson's third string quarterback at the time right so this is the toughest team that Syracuse has played all year in my opinion you have Notre Dame at full strength 
Ian Book looks like he's going to be full go this Saturday. That's a big deal. I like Notre Dame to win this game by 14 to 17 points. I don't think it's as competitive as a lot of people think it will be. One of the things I was going to mention, Mike, and you were talking about some teams kind of ranked behind Syracuse, is if you look at Iowa State from the point that they changed quarterbacks to Brock Purdy, man, they have been drilling people, and they've, they've, they've won every game. And I love Matt Campbell. Yeah, they've been really, really good. And the only reason I bring that up now that we are back on topic talking about this game is that it's kind of the same thing with Notre Dame. Notre Dame won the first three games of the year, switched from Brandon Wimbush to Ian Book as the full-time starter, and they all of a sudden started drilling people. The only game that they've won by less than double digits in that time frame was against, weirdly, Pittsburgh. But other than that, with Ian Book at quarterback, they've played a whole bunch of games, and they've won all of them by double digits, with the exception of that one game. So... To, like Notre Dame, the fact that they've been doing this all year long is is very comforting to me. Now, Mike, there's there's two things that give me pause here. Number one, this is the toughest game left on Notre Dame's schedule. Um, and number two, weirdly, it's also a look-ahead game because Syracuse definitely the tougher opponent, but next week is the rivalry game against USC – and it's only appropriate in 2018 that Syracuse is the tougher opponent for Notre Dame than uh, than USC is, but that's where we're at at this point. Right. Um, even still, I think I'm with you. I think Syracuse and, and what I said about them having a bit of a fraudulent eight and two record. I mean, having two losses through ten games sounds really good, but when you look at the content of those those wins, I just can't trust Syracuse against this Notre Dame team that can beat you in so many ways offensively and has the defense that can hold up most anybody. Um, we we kind of thought Florida State might be able to score a little bit last week. They scored 13 points. You know, like Notre Dame's defense is probably the thing that we don't talk enough about. We talk about the quarterback change and, you know, Dexter Williams and all this stuff that they throw at you on offense. Their defense has been dominant all year. Uh, and, and I expect that to continue. I'm with you, Mike. Give me – Give me Notre Dame minus the 10. I think they beat Syracuse by 14 to 17. I don't think this gets totally out of hand. No, no. I think Syracuse will be able to score with them. And we saw this game, what was it, two years ago, that it was like 28-28 in the first quarter or something silly. I mean. I was there. (laughs) Yeah. I was there at MetLife Stadium. That was a treat. Yeah. This game can turn into a track meet in a lot of ways, but. I don't I don't really think it will or I don't think it's going to phase Notre Dame. So I'm with you, Mike. Let's lay the 10 with Notre Dame and we will move on here. Uh, 3.30 p.m. on ESPN2, the number 20 Boston College Eagles, a one and a half point favorite on the road in Tallahassee against the Florida State Seminoles. Mike, look, one and a half points, Boston College, arguably the second or third best team in the Atlantic going to Florida State, been bad all year. None of this matches up well for Florida State, except this is a get-back game. It is. It is a big-time get-back game. This is the game where the whole thing went to hell for the Seminoles last year. It was like, I think it was on a Friday night, maybe a Thursday. Florida State was favored on the road, and Boston College beat them like 35-3. to Man, you got to think, Willie Taggart's been showing that film all week, and the Knolls are going to try to get one back here. That's the biggest thing I'm so concerned about, as bad as they've been all year. 
It's a get-back game. I told you before we hit record. This is going to be my pick of the week, Joey. I'm locking up Boston College. Minus one and a half. Now, with you don't all give that, a damn. I don't give a damn. I'm just going to lock it up right now without even getting into the game. Uh, <laughs> lock it up for BC. Uh, this is a very strange line. And I think it's a strange line because it's a get-back game. With that being said, Florida State doesn't have the ability this year to get back at anybody, right? Um, I, right? I mean... Get back, getting back at Boston College, in my opinion, would be beating them by a couple touchdowns. Don't see it. Um, beating them by a field goal, twelve to nine, is not getting back at BC. Like, congratulations on your quote-unquote upset, right? Um, that's not getting back. Getting back would be smoking Boston College, blowing them out of the stadium. That's getting them back. That's not going to happen. Um, I don't really understand why this is only one and a half points. Uh, some of it might have to do with Anthony Brown status, uh, potentially being up in the air. Some of it might have to do with BC coming off of a smash mouth game against Clemson. But then again, you look to the other side and Florida state was in a, was in a fight. I quote unquote fight with Notre Dame for last week. I call it a fight because, you know, they got run over and that was a very physical game as well. Um, but look, BC has been the better team all year. Nothing in the ACC makes sense. So Florida State comes out on on Saturday and wins this game by a touchdown or two. Nothing surprises me this year, and that certainly won't. I just don't think it'll happen. Uh, BC's been the better team all year. They're the best running back in the conference in A.J. Dillon. Um, Anthony Brown, if he plays, uh, he'll be he'll be a difference maker uh, for Boston College. And I like BC's defense matching up against this Florida State offense. We thought Florida State, like you mentioned, we thought Florida State would score some against Notre Dame last weekend. They weren't really able to do so. DeAndre Francois, I think he's been fine. He's getting some un, uh, he's getting some heat for, you know, his play, which I don't think is completely warranted given the dumpster fire at offensive line. And you know, this is their eleventh game of the year this Saturday, and Florida State hasn't had an offensive line consistently like all year long. I was going to say, it's weird. It's like it's hard to play quarterback when you're not getting any protection. Yeah, imagine that. And they haven't had consistent offensive line play or even the same consistent people on the offensive line all year long. And that has contributed to many issues of the offense, uh, which we'll get into at a later time. But give me give me BC here, Joey. I, I just don't see the path here for Florida State. I get there at home, but I just I'm going to go with my gut here. My gut says BC and they've just been the better team all year. So you might as well ride with them. Mike, I'm going to do something irresponsible here. Yeah, you are. Give me Florida State in the one and a half. Jeez. I think the Knolls win this game. Sure. Why not? I mean, look, we talk about a, a league that we can't really predict and something weird's going to happen. This is a bit of a weird line. We don't know if Boston College is going to get Anthony Brown back or not or kind of how that whole thing is going. Florida State, get back game. Not to mention Boston College on the road this year. Seven-point win at Wake. 17-point loss to Purdue, 5-point loss at NC State, 10-point win against Virginia Tech. Like, in a lot of ways, they have not been great on the road. They Now they're coming off of a Clemson loss, you know, that was pretty crushing. I mean, it was an emotional game, college game day, and the whole thing, and then just immediately Clemson just sat on them from the start. Uh, sat on them is the correct term. Yes. Yeah. Clemson's like <laughs> – you're trying to create an uprising and, and uh, ruin our playoff chances. That's cute. You can't score now. 
Um, you know, you got the white kid in the hoodie running touchdowns, you know, punt, punt return touchdown back, and that's the best they got. But true go ACC fashion, by the way. That's right. Florida State's lost three in a row by large margins, and they're only a one and a half point favorite here or a one and a half point dog. Something kind of stinks. I'm just going to take the Knolls plus the one and a half. I'm going to I'm going to take them outright. Say they win the game and and get one here. It the other part of this that doesn't make a damn bit of sense and that I'm probably ignoring a little too much is this is also a bit of a look ahead game for Florida State with Florida coming up next. Florida is going to rip them a new one in two yeah. weeks. Rip yeah. them a new one. It's yeah. I, and I realize that Boston College's defense is plenty good enough to, you know, abuse Florida State's offensive line issues and the whole thing. I just – Florida State at four and six, I think they're going to be desperate trying to get to bowl eligibility and the whole thing. I don't know. Yeah, give me the give me the Knowles. I don't, I don't have a great reason why, but I'm just feeling saucy, Mike. I'm feeling saucy. That's all it is. That's all I got. Why not? Okay. Why the hell not? Let's move on. 3.30 p.m. on the ACC Network Extra. I'm going to be here, Mike. Virginia in Atlanta taking on my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. It's senior day in Atlanta. The Jackets a five-and-a-half-point favorite, which I just got to tell you, Mike, it feels like they're getting a little big for their britches after a couple weeks of winning. Virginia's only lost, what, two games in conference this year, and now they're a five-and-a-half-point dog. Georgia Tech looked good lately. I I think I have a bit of a – I don't know if this is like a Stockholm syndrome kind of relationship with them, but it's like there's nothing at this point that Georgia Tech can do that's going to make me trust them, Mike. It's I don't. It's probably not right. I probably need to be a more trusting person, but I'm just, I just I'm just nervous about it. That's all. Try being a Virginia Tech fan, asshole. Uh, <laughs> Tell I, me about how much worse this season has been than the last like 20 years, Mike. Uh, Tell me. Good God. Um, you get 20 years, you get one bad year. That's fine. I know. You'll make it. Oh, maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, this is a weird line. I don't know how I feel about this. So Virginia, on one hand, I look at Virginia last weekend and they kind of struggle against Liberty. On the other hand, I look at Georgia Tech and they are on absolute fire and they're playing at home. With that being said, Virginia has been pretty good all year. Like they've been pretty solid. There hasn't been any consistency throughout the entire ACC except for Virginia. They've been pretty consistent all year. They're winning games they're supposed to win. They're beating teams who are about on the same level as them. We didn't see it coming with UVA. We can say that, but they've been pretty consistent all year long. Their defense has been good. That's been the steadying force behind their success this year. The defense has been good. Uh, Bryce Perkins has been okay. Uh, We've talked about this several times. They get the ball to like four guys on offense. Um, It's like Zacchaeus, Jordan Ellis, Perkins keeps it name another guy and those are the four guys that they give the ball to and mm-hmm. if you shut down those four guys you have a pretty good chance of winning georgia tech's defense at the beginning of the year was not great their defense the last month pretty damn good they've been a lot better much improved. yes they have much improved because of that joey i'm gonna go with georgia tech to win and cover the five and a half i do not feel great about it though i think virginia can easily go in to atlanta win this football game easily Nothing easily. Nothing would surprise me. Uh, the season's been too weird. I'm just going to go with my gut. What I saw last weekend out of Virginia scared me a little bit because Liberty, while they got four wins in their first FBS season, good for you. I, I just don't think they're that great of a program, right? 
and Virginia should be beating them by multiple touchdowns and making it look easy, given what Virginia has done all year long. That's what we expected last Saturday. Didn't happen. Meanwhile, Georgia Tech's beating the hell out of everybody they play right now. I, and and they, they're coming off of a big win against Miami, especially considering what happened last year in that game. Give me Georgia Tech, senior day, they're at home. I'll take them to win. And I and like I said, I'll take them to cover, but I'd probably just bet the money line and feel fine with it because I I don't know about this line, Joey, truthfully, with my wallet. Here's the weird thing, Mike, is that Georgia Tech beat Miami last week by six points. They've played 10 games this year. That's only the second game they've had of the 10 that was decided by single digits. Every single game, they have either beat the tar out of the other team or kind of gotten the tar beat out of them in some way. You know, they they played a 24 to 19, you know, five point game against Pittsburgh. But other than that, every game has been decided by a whole bunch of points. And so if you get all these single-digit spreads, you you basically might as well just pick the winner because either they're going to get run over or they're going to run over who they play. I don't know if that's a meaningful stat at this point or if you can judge or base anything on that, but it's kind of a weird quirk in what this season has been for Georgia Tech. Um, I look at this and I just – I feel like I've had some luck, at least call it some real-life results luck, picking the other team. I'm just going to keep riding that train. I'm going to not trust my Georgia Tech team. I'm going to take Virginia plus the five and a half. I, I'm tempted to say Georgia Tech wins outright and just just kind of a three or four point kind of game. This was a a squeaker last year. Uh, Virginia with a, a touchdown with about a minute and a half left. This is one of four or five games that Georgia Tech gave away at the end. Virginia wins 40-36 to 36 on an Andre Lavrone 27-yard touchdown pass with a minute and 22 left. Um, I think Georgia Tech wants to, wants to you know, kind of pay that favor back. But I've heard a lot of chatter, too, about Bryce Perkins and some concerns about how they're going to contain him. I'm just going to take the five and a half and uh, hope for the best here, Mike. You're sick of me. I'm, I'm just – look. Virginia, too, there, there's some chatter that they might be scoreboard watching, and we got to talk about another game here in a couple of minutes between uh, your good friends, the Pitt, Pitt Panthers, and uh, our Wake Forest Steeman Deacons. Virginia's going to be watching the scoreboard in that game, and especially if Pitt comes out losers, they're going to be extra motivated, although if they come out winners, they might be less motivated, so who the hell knows at this point? I don't know. I'm going to take Virginia plus the five and a half and know that at least something is something good is going to happen for me on Saturday, whether that's me cashing my over six ticket or uh, me getting this pick right. Nice consolation prize, right? It's almost the same thing. <laughs> and especially if they win by like three, I hit the middle and I, I win both of them. And it's just a good day, Mike. <laughs> and that's a good day. And you're probably drunk. It's a real good. Oh, that's, that's regardless of any other piece of this. That's an independent factor. Correct. All right, I'm taking Virginia in the five and a half. You're laying the five and a half with my yellow jackets. 3.30 p.m. on ESPN, Mike. The Miami Hurricanes, a six-point favorite on the road in Blacksburg at your Virginia Tech Hokies. Are you driving your ass to Blacksburg and going to be in the stands to witness this game? Nope. Okay, that's probably smart. Was going to, and uh, nope. I don't, I, I, yeah, I'm good with that. I'm going to Florida instead. 
It had to, uh, it had to be done. I've I've suffered through too many games, both in person and on my couch this year. Um, you're just you're just heading for the hills. You're taking off, going to West Palm, and just screw it, forget it. I'm out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm out of here. And uh, if I went to the wrong stadium and happened to be in Hard Rock, it's probably more fans than they've had there in quite some time. Uh, Miami is a six-point favorite. Uh, can they even score six points? I don't. Oof. Um, Miami wins and covers because Virginia Tech is an atrocious football team. Take the under here. The over-under is 51 and a half. And, um, I, you know, I, I get we're going to bank on, like, Virginia Tech's defense not playing well against Miami, which is, I mean, fine with me. They've been terrible. Uh, but. Miami's a little shaky at quarterback. I don't know how much they actually score. And then on the flip side, Miami's been a little bit shaky on defense, but Virginia Tech's been real shaky on offense. I just, that seems like an under for me at 51 and a half. Seems like an under. And uh, it's going to be like in the 40s in Blacksburg. They're coming from Miami to play there. I, I'm going to take the under and take the Hurricanes to win and cover Hokies. God, I mean, congrats on your bowl streak. It's <laughs> it's done. It's over. I wonder a little bit about the motivation factor for Miami here. I mean, they're 5-5, five and five, so you're playing for a bowl game, right? But I, I wonder how much the team has kind of seen the season going down the tubes and whether they would admit it to others or just themselves or at all if they're just kind of a little bit – you know, lackadaisical at this point of we were like a top 10 team to start the year. And now we're going to finish unranked and fighting to get to Shreveport to go to the independence bowl or something like that. I mean, going up to Blacksburg, it's going to be chilly. Um, If I have like any faith in Virginia tech's defense at this point, I would be taking the Hokies here, you know, but if there's any, the, the single thing that I trust in this game more than anything is Miami's defense. And that's even a funny thing because they haven't been particularly good, but they're probably the best unit in this game. Is that scary? They haven't been impenetrable, but they haven't been bad either. I mean, they, they've been probably above average, but I just – it's like I, I don't want to lay six points with Miami on the road, but I also don't think I can bet on Virginia Tech to cover here or or, or win outright. Anything. I mean, it's so hard to trust them. Let's go look at, give me just a second. I'm going to look at what Virginia Tech has done the last few weeks against the spread and see if that helps me. And I apologize if I'm really lingering on this game too much for you, Mike. I don't, I don't care at this point. Um, I, my life is over. Virginia Tech, <laughs> uh, that, that was dramatic. I'm sorry. Uh, Virginia Tech, I mean, first of all, they get a full week. This is important to note. They get a full week for Thanksgiving. The students full mm-hmm. week off. Um, ordinarily, I think a lot of people would stay. A lot of students. Uh, Virginia Tech has four wins, so I'm not sure that the students are going to hang around this Saturday, Joey. I'm just not sure of it. And Miami hasn't been very good either. And it makes me question how ready the players are going to be when there are only like twenty five or thirty thousand people jumping to enter Sandman rather than sixty five thousand and having a game that's meaningful um really makes me wonder 
but we'll see. Mike, I've got a betting trend for you that is really obnoxious. Can I tell you something that's really obnoxious? Virginia Tech, the last five games, has not covered the spread. They're 0-5. They've lost five in a row against the spread. You know who else has lost five in a row against the spread? The Miami Hurricanes. That would be the Miami Hurricanes, Mike. (laughs) Oh, okay. What the the, uh, the stoppable force hits the movable object, and I don't know which team to go with here. Well, you know what, Joey? You know what this calls for? Take the points. It calls for a Siri coin flip. <laughs> oh God, you're right. <laughs> That's what it calls for. It calls for a Siri coin flip. I'll uh, be damned, the, Mike. The H H stands for Hokies. It also stands for heads. Okay. Uh oh, damn it! The Hurricanes are also they also beat me. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. H for Hurricanes, T for Tech? Yes, that's what we're going to have to go with. All right, all right, here we go. Flip a coin. Here's Daria. Damn it, that's not, no. Flip no. a coin. Perhaps. Whatever. <laughs> Virginia Tech plus the six. I'm going Hokies. Yeah, I'm taking Siri to cover the spread against Joey. Siri is in timeout right now. This is not, <laughs> it's not going great, Mike. It's not going great. Uh, train wreck. I love it. What the hell? Uh, Let's move on. Pittsburgh minus seven on the road at Wake Forest at noon on the ACC network. Are we feeling uh feeling a little saucy here, Mike? Because I'm a little bit tempted to take the Deeks plus the seven and just not trust Pitt on the road here. Nah, lightning doesn't strike in the same place twice. Is that the saying? That's You're taking a saying. lot of favorites here, Mike. Taking a lot of favorites. Can you be I'm tempted like, to lay some or uh, take some points? Joey, got a question. Mm-hmm. Out of the two of us, which one's on a heater? <laughs> Pitt, baby. Touche. Pitt wins. Yeah, Touché. Pitt wins. Pitt wins. They run all over Wake Forest. I don't think Wake Forest can replicate what they did last weekend for the second straight week. But it would be very like the ACC this year for them to do so with Jamie Newman, who I like, by the way, played pretty well last weekend. So I don't know. I like Wake, but not enough to beat Pitt. Pitt's on fire right now. I think it continues on the road here. Really would be a lot like the ACC, wouldn't it, Mike? It would. You're going to take Wake, aren't you? I think I might take Wake. <laughs> I've taken the points the last three games. I think I might just keep keep doing it. Got we might it. just go head to head right here. You taking favorites, me taking points. Okay. What the hell? I, I'm riding with you, Steam and Deeks. I'm really, I'm really pumped for you to take Western Carolina to beat UNC later. I'm getting 31 in that game. You are getting 31. A lot of points. That's a uh, boatload of points. Who you got in that one? Do you want to just jump to that right now? Yeah, what the yeah, hell? Yeah, UNC. North Carolina, 31-point home favorite against the Western Carolina Catamounts. Is that nice. They are? Well done, yes. Ooh, that's your boy right there. Got it. No, I'm taking North Carolina. Um, do, you think, uh, do you think Cade Fortin plays there? Uh, is he healthy? Is he all in one piece? He's healthy and all in one piece, but if he, uh, if he plays, I believe that's his uh, – does that break his red shirt? I think that might be it. Feels a little bit like a damned if you do, damned if you don't scenario. They don't. I don't think they need him to cover thirty-one. No, I, I don't think they should play him. You got to keep his shirt on. Yeah, Nathan. I think Nathan Elliott's covering thirty-one there. Yeah, yeah keep the red shirt on. To be clear, got to keep his shirt on. Sounded way too sexual for this podcast. Disagree. Okay. Well. Well then. <laughs> Take your shirt off, then. Let's let's get some Cade Fort in action here. We we've waited till late in the night on a Thursday, Mike. This is uh, I think this is outside of the FCC 
jurisdiction here, so we, we can speak freely. Yes, except I'm recording this on my work laptop. But <laughs> besides that, everything's totally bounds. We got good ACC after dark action here. There you go. All right. Yeah, North Carolina minus the 31. What the hell? I, yeah. I, uh, my, my one little bit of analysis on this, Mike, and I, I told you this before we came on, I would – I would be a lot more willing to take Western Carolina with the 31 if North Carolina was like three and six, right? If, if, if they were, you know, kind of ho-hum, maybe hoping they fall, fall into a bowl game at five and six or something like that. But the fact that North Carolina hasn't won a football game in like a month and a half, I think they're going to get the chance to win this game and just really exercise some frustration. I think they are going to kick the crap out of the uh, catamounts, as it were. So give me North Carolina. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. There you go. All right, Mike, let's go back to not taking points. Um, the Duke Blue Devils are in Death Valley against the number two Clemson Tigers at 7 o'clock on ESPN. And the Tigers – are laying Mike? How many how many points would Clemson have to be laying here for you not to take the points or not to uh, not to lay those points? Thirty nine and a half. Yeah, it's twenty eight and a half. So you're laying them. Oh yeah, yeah. lay it, baby, Clemson. Yep. Duke has been like so hot and cold this year. You get that feeling like you you can't really trust that they're going to show up and be one team or the other, like. Sometimes they're giving teams hell, and other times they look like they're just a total fraud, and like they just kind of look like crap on any given week. Right, and Daniel Jones was really good last week, so he's due to suck this week. Mm, that's, that's a good point. That's kind of his thing. That's just science. Yeah. Um, Have anything else here. to say about this, really? I mean, Clemson's much better. Given uh, four touchdowns. By the way, the line's down to 28, so we, we could – I filled out the spreadsheet earlier. It was at 28 and a half. Now it's down to 28. You might want to keep the hook there if you want it. Uh, you probably don't need it. Not even a little worried about it. <laughs> Duke is, let's say, what is this? Two and five against the spread in their last seven games? That's not yeah. great. Yeah, it's bad. And they're going to be two and six in their last eight because Clemson is going to blow the doors off of them. Clemson's covered in six of their last seven. So, yeah. This is one of those, Mike, where the, the the phrasing that I've heard a lot in the last couple of weeks, people talking about Clemson and Alabama and some of these teams that are just totally brutalizing other teams, don't get in the way of the train. Don't right. get cute and start trying to take the points against a team that's been steamrolling everybody. Just just go with it. Or, but if you're, and, 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 or just stand by and watch. Or and, That's the other option. Yes, and Clemson got in the way of a train last week and ended up working out for him, so nothing can kill them. They ran over yeah. the D, they ran over the D train, poor guy. That's right. Um, so but don't get in the way of Clemson's train because they will demolish you. Absolutely not. Sorry, Duke. Yeah, regrettably. Uh last one, Mike. Wasn't really intended to be the last one, but now it is. All right. So look. NC State's laying 16 and a half on the road because they're taking on the Louisville Cardinals at 1220 p.m. on the ACC Network Extra. The big question here, Mike, so Louisville has not covered in like a decade now. And NC State going on the road, the question here, does Louisville get the no longer Bobby bump? Or the or what I've referred to, I believe, before as the bye-bye Bobby bump. 
uh yeah i think they do but i don't think it matters <laughs> like <laughs> i don't think it matters and nc state's not that good right quote unquote good i mean are they we still don't really know they lost to a backup quarterback at home last thursday night uh and that was just piss poor a piss poor effort uh feel like nc state's gonna get right here and louisville is very bad and nc state has ryan finley and i've been saying that when i've been picking nc state all year i'm like yeah but you know what like they have ryan finley he'll be all right nc state can still finish nine and three weekly reminder yep shout out tax layer bowl would be 10 and two if not for the damn steven deeks and i I say damn as an nc state fan i'm not that so our steam and deeks did that um yeah so the thing is mike that as much as petrino is not there anymore they're also now missing like three of the nine assistant coaches on staff that were fired along with him so you're missing your head coach and three of your you, you just lost like 40 percent of your primary coaching staff and now you're you're one of your most senior leaders is now Brian Van Gorder, and that just hasn't been going good. Louisville's only covered one spread all year, by the way. Yeah, lay the 16 and a half with NC State, Mike. And frankly, the uh, the fade Louisville train has been a profitable one this year. I'm making that my pick of the week. Lock that baby up. NC State minus the 16 and a half. It ain't matter. Bold. Lay the points. Just Not really that bold. Fade Louisville. Even at home. I don't even know if this is senior day. I think this is a, technically a look-ahead spot for Louisville. who has got Kentucky next week. Yeah. 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 But it's not even like look-ahead to Kentucky. It's look-ahead. We're almost done with the season. Look-ahead look ahead to vacation for the coaching staff. Also, look-ahead for, like, new jobs. Oh, and then for the players, it's look-ahead to – Not having to go to practice for a while. and Practice. Like, transferring to another program. Yeah. A lot of them are doing that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mike, can I give you a quick Jeff Brom update? Give me a Jeff Brom update. Hot off the presses. Hot off the presses. Purdue coach Jeff Brom today called a report that he's taking the Louisville job. What's that? Oh, I didn't say anything. Continue. All right. So look, Purdue coach Jeff Brom today called a report that he's taking the Louisville job, quote, completely false and complete speculation, unquote. Brom addressed the situation with players after practice and, quote, put it to bed because we have a lot of things to concentrate on, end quote. Brom said he has an open-door policy if he want, if any want to discuss the things they're hearing about him. I have a question. Yes, Michael. Or more, It's more of a statement. Um, mm-hmm. It's all speculation, Joey. Mm-hmm. For now. Mm-hmm. And I'm done. Yeah, I think that's all that needs to be said. For it's now. speculation for now until it becomes fact. Until it becomes unfake news. It was uh it was all speculation for Tom Herman in Houston too. <laughs> how emphatic he was. Oh no, I I I intend on being here. Uh you want to talk about say... speculation? Can we talk about Scott Frost going to Nebraska? Oh, that was a fun one too. It was just speculation. Just speculation. Uh <laughs> yeah. Tom Herman saying uh Tom Herman saying in the final game, the final regular season game of the year, I intend to be here. Like he intended to be at Houston. What he left out was, I intend to be here today because the next day he accepted the Texas job. So, scumbag. 
I mean, really. I mean, yeah, kinda. Kinda. probably, but yeah. also kind of is what it is. I don't know. Yeah, it, it it is what it is. He's just trying to better himself. Hang on, Louisville. The prodigal son's coming home. Not really. I mean, he hadn't really wronged anybody, so he's not really, really the prodigal son. But and his and his name's Bobby Petrino. <laughs> Bobby Petrino, round three, Tokyo Drift. And his name's Charlie Strong. Oh man, there are a lot of layers. By the way, I won't disclose them on this podcast, but there are a couple different reasons why Charlie Strong will not be making a return trip to Louisville. And all you need to do is hit up the Google machine to figure out why. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple different things at work there. It's kind of funny because a lot of people kind of forget about that stuff. And and for those unaware who are just don't have any idea what we're talking about, let's just say that there's some very, very personal involvement that Charlie Strong had with either members of the Louisville board and or direct family members of the Louisville like board of directors and the whole thing. And there's not a chance in hell he's getting hired back at Louisville. As much as me as a Louisville fan enjoyed watching him coach there and would absolutely have him back, that's a waste of my energy at this point if I think he's getting called back. Yep. No way. Um, the good news, though, Mike, whoever the next head coach of Louisville is, it won't be Steve Cragthorpe. <laughs> it will not. It will not be Steve Cragthorpe. Correct. It won't be Steve Cragthorpe. That's for sure. Um, so no worries there. Mike's all I got. Uh, picks of the week. I got NC State minus the 16 and a half. You got Boston College minus the one and a half. I think you have the most responsible pick, and I picked against it, so that's fine. Um, otherwise, should be a very interesting week as we uh, start closing up shop here in the old uh, ACC regular season. Gross. <laughs> well, uh, I, I do look forward to coming back and recapping these games. Um, do you have anything else before we get out of here? No. Uh, well, yes. Don't bet on a lot of these this weekend, except for Clemson. Always bet Clemson. Um, ABC, mm-hmm. maybe. ABC. Um, but besides that, don't bet on a lot of these. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I don't feel great about many of these. I look at the totals. Syracuse, Notre Dame, 65. Boston College, Florida State, 49. Virginia, Georgia Tech, 53 and a half. Miami, Virginia Tech, 51 and a half. Pitt, Wake Forest, 60 and a half. Duke, Clemson, 57 and a half. Maybe, maybe go over that one. Over 57 and a half, Duke, Clemson. It's, you always bet the over and you always bet on Clemson. It's profitable, trust me. Clemson's going to come up. I mean, I mean Duke's going to find a way to come up with like 17 points in that game. Yeah, 45-17 sounds kind of like kind of right. That's going to go a little bit over. Clemson could score 57. They could. They can They can pretty much name their score in that game. I mean, in a lot of these games at this point. NC State, Louisville, 63 and a half. Maybe go over that. Louisville's defense has continued to be an atrocity. NC State can score. Louisville sometimes can score. 63 and a half seems kind of low, maybe. I don't know. That's the best I got. Otherwise, sorry. otherwise, just, yeah, I'm with you, Mike. Good, good advice. Don't bet these games. Yep. These are these are bad games to try and bet. Um, all right. Let's get out of here. I got to go to Atlanta and check out these uh, – this this Atlanta, you know. it's It's been like a year since I've been there, Mike, by the way. So I'm going to the Georgia Tech Senior Day game against Virginia. You are going to, what, West, West Boca Raton? 
Uh, no, Vieira, Melbourne. Vieira, Melbourne, Melbourne, Florida. Melbourne, uh, Florida, Southeast Australia. Orlando. Or, there you or go. Australia. Yeah. Well, enjoy. Are you going to do uh, any fishing down there? Or just lay on the beach? Or how's, how's this working? Lay on the beach, golf, and drink alcohol. It's going to be tough. Proud of you. Like a real adult. Yep, like a real adult. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go uh, check out Atlanta for the first time in like a year. And uh, I'll report back. But in any case, uh, we're going to come back and recap these games either Sunday evening, maybe Monday evening. We'll have to see. Um, in the meantime, you guys can find us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He's at Mike McDaniel CFB. And together we're at BC Podcast ACC. Y'all can send us an email with your questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man basketball conference podcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Yes, sir. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, the Overcast app, wherever fine podcasts are sold for free. And Mike, you want to hit them with where they can find us on the social medias? Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there. Rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play and everywhere else. Make sure to do that. Yes, please, please do. We appreciate those who have. And by the way, you can also find us on YouTube. If you want to come uh, come check out videos of us talking into microphones. Um, I think we're pretty good looking. So I would know, agree. more for you. Hell yeah. Mike, that's all I got. Have a uh, safe trip to Florida, and we'll talk at the end of the weekend. Likewise, man. Enjoy Atlanta. Come back alive. I'm, I'm going to try to do that. Uh, cool. I will, uh, I'll throw some nice words of endearment at your boy Bronco and Bryce and them boys while I'm there. Yep. Lo- love you, VA. Love them. That's right. I'll do that for you. Yeah. All right. Mike, we'll talk on uh, Sunday or Monday. Sounds good. All right. Until next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I'm Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. And until next time, go ACC. Go ACC.